everything is based on faith in the invisible, but we can draw lines through the visible to see the reality of the invisible. It's not like we need to just believe in the Lord without any evidence, but we need to be open to accept the evidence that is all around us. The visible universe proclaims the power of the invisible God that was incarnated in the person of Jesus Christ. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. We'll be talking today that true faith causes change. There was a lot of doubt on who Jesus was while He was here on earth. There's been much doubt since then also. Even so-called believers in God doubt who Jesus Christ is and what His true identity consists of. Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, and Almighty God. All the secrets of greatness and eternity can be found in Him. And when there is true faith in the Lord, all things are possible, especially transformation from death to eternal life through the abandonment of sin. Today's message is inspired on 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 to chapter 2, verse 6. Let us go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessed Lord, hallowed and glorified be your name, Lord God. Heavenly Father, blessed are you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your grace, for not repaying us according to our sins, Lord God, but having grace on us, O Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your continued forgiveness through your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may please have mercy on us. I pray for the forgiveness of my sins. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus humbly for your anointing, that you may be able to speak to us through your Holy Spirit, through your word, Lord God. Help us to have, as always, open hearts and open minds, Lord God, to be able to receive, to accept, and to become one with your word. Blessed be your name, O Lord, now and always and forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's key passage can be found in the first epistle of John, chapter 1 verse 1 to chapter 2, verse 6. This is the word of the Lord. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from Him and declare to you, that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. My little children, these things I write to you, so that you may not sin, and if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. 
and he himself is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. One of the main things that the Apostle John starts explaining in this passage is the reality of Jesus Christ. And this is crucial to everything in our faith. Jesus Christ is the foundation to all things, not just Jesus Christ as a person, but Jesus Christ as the foundation for everything in the universe as the God he is, as he is revealed in the fullness of the scriptures. And this is an all or nothing proposition. Either the Lord is accepted as who he is in his entirety, or don't even bother accepting him at all as anything else. There is no room for half-faiths or incomplete beliefs. There is no room for the lukewarm according to the scriptures. And why does this have to be so? Because if you want to live forever and receive the eternal reward the Bible talks about, then the conditions that the Word of God puts forth must be met. The counsel of God through the scriptures is not an opinion or nice to-dos per se. It's the God of the universe telling us what needs to happen in our lives so that we can effectively enter his kingdom. And so faith in Christ is absolutely necessary along with everything that accompanies that faith in him. Now, how do we know that Jesus is real? Everything is based on faith in the invisible, but we can draw lines through the visible to see the reality of the invisible. It's not like we need to just believe in the Lord without any evidence, but we need to be open to accept the evidence that is all around us. The visible universe proclaims the power of the invisible God that was incarnated in the person of Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 16 says, He, speaking of Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. In Romans chapter 1, it says this concerning the Lord. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And so Jesus Christ is this God that made all things, that everything was made through him. He is part of the plural God that the book of Genesis talks about in the ancient text that Moses wrote when describing the creation of this world. He talks about a God that is plural, that there is more than one person in the God he mentions. For it says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So in our own language, there is an us with a capital U that is mentioned when this plural or multi-person God speaks among themselves. Jesus was in that us. And if he was in that us, then he was and is God. And as such, he is everything the Bible says he is. And everything in all of creation talks about him and about what he is capable of. It is truly a miracle that such a being took on our human form, and even more meaningful to us, became like us so he could take on our sins and pay for them 
on the cross. If you really think about what happened through the person of Jesus Christ, it is very difficult to understand just the sheer mechanics of the situation, if you will. And this is one of the greatest injustices of the world, that most people penalize God for humbling himself to the point he did and doing everything he did because of his goodness, mercy, and grace. There is no greater injustice in the entire universe than looking down and penalizing someone like him for providing the greatest service to the same people that penalize him. That too is extremely hard to fathom. But his mercy is so great that he can even overlook such injustice committed as long as there is complete repentance and conversion to sin, starting by believing with all of our heart who he really is and accepting him as such as the Lord God Almighty. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3, the Bible keeps explaining to us that not just this world, but the world, the universe, was framed by the word of God. For it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. This word of God that is mentioned in this passage is not just the utterance that came from the God speaking things into existence. It is the person of Jesus Christ. The Apostle John explains this very thing at the beginning of his gospel where it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The Apostle John's emphasis throughout his writings is mainly to explain and present evidence that Jesus Christ is who he said he is and that he with others were witness to this truth. And John does so because, again, it is so critical to believe and accept Jesus Christ in the fullness of his person. That's why it is impossible to believe anything else like many people do. Many people consider him just a prophet or a good man or a son of God as opposed to the only begotten son of God. If he is not accepted as the Lord and God he is, anything else is just an insult. A person is coming extremely short in believing the greatest truth in the universe. Everything else is a lie or incomplete. Jesus Christ is God, the eternal God. He is the only one that has had contact with mankind. God the Father has never left his throne in heaven. He is immovable. Jesus Christ is the Lord in the Old Testament. When Elijah was in the mountain fleeing for his life, the Lord in his spirit form was there, where it says, Then he, speaking of God, said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after an earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. This same God that spoke to Elijah, where his mere passing by produced a great and strong wind that tore into the mountains, that broke the rocks into pieces, that caused an earthquake, that then caused a fire, and finally culminated in a still small voice, is the same Jesus Christ. This same passage gives us the indication that this Jesus could be an incredible force and a still small voice at any given time. 
And the same Jesus Christ turned into the person that the Apostle John wrote about in this passage, explaining to everyone that is willing to read and listen that Jesus Christ is the Lord and God that has been since the beginning of eternity. Now, as far as the person of Jesus Christ and his existence in time, there are secular writings that speak of him and about what happened to him, non-religious historical texts that mention Christ. Senator Tacitus, a Roman politician, as well as a very well-respected historian that did not have any special regard for the Lord, mentioned how the Christians were related to Christ and how he had suffered the ultimate penalty, talking about the cross during the reign of Tiberius at the hands of Pontius Pilate. And so there is a historical account of the Lord's existence while here on earth and how he even died, thereby matching the biblical account. Jesus was a real person, but what matters to us mostly is who he was and is in his entirety, God made into flesh, and the effect he has had on our history up to today. James Allen Francis wrote this about Jesus. He was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant. He grew up in another village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family or owned a home. He didn't go to college. He never lived in a big city. He never traveled 200 miles from the place where he was born. He did none of the things that usually accompany greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 when the tide of public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for his garments, the only property he had on earth. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Twenty centuries have come and gone, and today he is the central figure of the human race. I am well within the mark when I say that all the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned, put together, have not affected the life of man on this earth as much as that one solitary life. Whether people embrace him or hate him, they cannot deny his effect on all of mankind. The greatest thing that tells us who he is, is the transforming power he has on people that truly believe in him, starting with the apostles. The moment Jesus stepped into their lives, something life-changing happened. They gave it all up to follow him. We see the accounts of Paul throughout the Bible and how he says who he used to be and then who he became because of the encounter he had with this Jesus on the road to Damascus. Paul was transformed from being a Christian persecutor to a Christian martyr, as he voluntarily died for his faith in Christ. Jesus has changed the course of countless people throughout the ages, changing people's lives and their directions forever. This is the reason for why I'm doing what I'm doing right now, feeling compelled to tell as many people as possible throughout the world the truth of Jesus Christ and how he can change people's lives just as he changed mine, if they choose to have true faith in him. Jesus changed my life. 
When I gave my life to Christ over 40 years ago, everything changed. And God not only saved my soul, but he showed me even more mercy by healing me physically. When science had reached its limit, God performed his miracle in my life through the Holy Spirit and healed me. I live today because of the new life I found through faith in Jesus Christ. And I plan to follow him all the days of my life until I breathe my last breath. God transformed me from being an idolater, a thief, and a predetermined alcoholic, only to name a few things to what I am today, all through the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I cannot attribute my life change to anything or anyone else, for in doing so, I would only be lying. The transforming power of God is what makes us believe that God is God, and that Jesus Christ is this God that we need so desperately. This is also why we need to let go of sin, which is the main thing that the Holy Spirit, through the light of the Scriptures, compels us to do so. We need to shed the sin in our lives, day by day, so that we are able to be transformed and changed into the likeness of Christ, because that is the only way that we will do those things that perpetuate life. Jesus came to give us life, and so that we have it more abundantly. Sin only causes death and destruction. That's why we need to acknowledge sin and ask the Lord for his help and get rid of it. If we don't let go of sin, then we will never look towards the eternal, towards things that truly matter. If we keep our earthbound minds, then that's all we're going to pay attention to, and that's all we will aim for. And this world and everything in it is passing and temporary. This world is an illusion. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit has a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun? One generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. Everything that we see, even our own lives, will one day go away and there is nothing we can do about it. But only Jesus Christ can give us true life, eternal life, and living for him is the only thing that can help us do things that can count towards eternity. Everything that we do for the Lord counts. He told us this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so this faith in Christ helps us shed sin and grow in love. That's the main aim that the Holy Spirit has in our lives. That's how the transformation happens. That is how all things change in us. Jesus put things as simple as can be when asked about the commandments, the ones we need to live out in our lives if we truly want to attain immortality through him. For it is written, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. This is how Jesus ultimately walked on this earth, by loving God with everything he was and obeying him even unto death and the most horrific death penalty a person could ever go through and by loving his neighbor. We are his neighbor and through his life, death and resurrection, 
He did for us the greatest service that anyone could ever do for us. He gave us the opportunity for eternal life, eternal redemption, and eternal reward through his works. Jesus said this, Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. What did Christ command us? What was said since the beginning and what he reiterated again while here on earth? We need to love God with everything we are and we need to love our neighbor as ourselves. And that only happens by doing away with sin in our lives. Sin makes us earthbound. Jesus makes us eternal. His way is everlasting life. Walking as he walked is the best we could ever do. Accepting the reality of Jesus Christ is the key to everything good and eternal. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through him. He is the gate. He is the path we need to follow if we want to attain immortality. This is why we need to deal with sin in our lives effectively. Sin will always cause death and destruction, whether we believe it or not. Even though it might seem perfectly fine when we commit sin, especially at the beginning, it's the end where sin takes us that is the problem. The end of sin always takes us to an eternal death. I know that many people lead sinful lives and they think to themselves, I feel fine. I don't see anything wrong or bad happen to me. Actually, quite the contrary. Sin makes me feel good and happy. And that may be, but that is the problem with sin. At the beginning of sin, everything seems fine and well. Some people think that when you do something really wrong, that God is going to zap you with a lightning bolt or that something catastrophic is going to happen instantaneously. That's not the case. Quite honestly, this is one of the ways that we see God's mercy even through our sin. God many times is working to hold back the full penalty of our sins, the true and natural consequences of sinning. Think about it like this. Statistics say that here in the United States that a person may commit over a thousand traffic violations while driving before a police officer actually finds you breaking the law and gives you a ticket. Does that mean in all reality that if a person never got a ticket or got very few tickets that they're good drivers? Of course not. That just means in most cases that they've been lucky so far and not gotten caught doing wrong things by the police. Now, God knows and sees everything. But because he chooses to help and or hold back the natural consequences of your sins doesn't mean that you are doing nothing wrong or that you are good somehow. Well, we all sin, but the difference that needs to emerge in a person is this feeling and desire to repent and turn from all sin and to allow the Holy Spirit to cause this transformation to the holiness we need to show in our lives so that we can be useful to the Lord and at the same time for our own good. In doing the commandments that Jesus mainly talked about and exhibited through his life example is the path to eternal life, learning to love God with everything we are and learning to love our neighbor as ourselves. True faith in Christ causes change, causes a life transformation, a complete change in direction from being on a path to eternal death and destruction, turning to the path of Jesus Christ, which produces and takes us to the eternal life and reward that only God can give. The only way we can find eternal life is by earnestly following the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. 
Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, I praise you and I worship you for your mercy, for your grace, for the wonderful opportunity that you give us, O Lord, to have this salvation through Jesus Christ. Thank you for everything that you did through him. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we have so much that we can cling on to so that we can come to a full and complete faith to know that Jesus is the Lord, that he is God, and that he is the only path that we have to you, O Father. Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, to be able to consider that, to take that in. Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, to be able to understand through and through that we need to, Lord God, acknowledge Jesus Christ for who he is, for our own good. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that reality clearer and clearer as days go by. Help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to be able to treasure what you have given us. And I pray, Heavenly Father, if there are still people out there that are listening right now that have not yet given their lives over to the Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may please help them to do so. I pray for the ministering of your Holy Spirit through them. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may touch their hearts, Lord God. Open their minds, open their understanding, Lord God. Open their eyes to the reality that Jesus is the only hope they have. Heavenly Father, I praise you again for your love and your mercy. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.